The following podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. <laughs> I never know. I could, it's hard for me. Like, I took my glasses off, so everything looks a little softer. <laughs> it's like everyone has a beauty filter. Um, We're going to watch it back, and it's going to be, I'll be fuzzy. Like, it's just a little fuzzy. <laughs> It'll be focused over here. Yeah. I, I mean, it looks like it, but whatever. I can see without them, but it's one of those. Hi, welcome to One More Good Thing Today. We're going to talk about one more good thing, one good thing a little more. Fair? Fair. I have no <laughs> idea where I was going with the other ones. Uh, Taylor joins me on the show today. We're hanging out. Um, as always, we uh, if you've never seen this podcast or listened to this podcast or watched this podcast, whatever it may be, however you're consuming this, we uh, just jump on a topic and riff on it. And wherever the conversation goes is where the conversation goes. I think we just let things be what they are. Fair? Um, the reason why is... We don't know. It's it's like every other conversation. It's adults having a conversation. Uh, sometimes we're, there's beverages. We have a big Stanley mug. And sometimes it's just water. And it, sometimes there's other stuff. <laughs> we just chat and go that route. So uh, if you've never been here before, that's what we're doing. If you have been here before and you haven't, I'm just doing housekeeping real quick. If you haven't given us a, a good rating on your favorite podcast or YouTube, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share and all that good stuff. Or if you're listening to this on a podcast, we would love uh, your review, whatever it may be, because it helps us uh, get feedback and grow and get better, which is kind of the point. All yes. of it? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things I was thinking about when when um, I was telling you a story right before we started that, so my, Finley, and this is, I think, an interesting perspective because now we get to play this game of, um, I'm not ignorant to the fact that I live in dad reality and you live in mom reality. Yeah. Um. I didn't understand mom reality until Sarah, my wife, went and had to get a uh, got a job during the pandemic because she was worried about my career. And then all of a sudden, I, I'm taking care of the kids full time. Mm-hmm. And I got real quick yeah. how much, pardon the strong word, shit y'all got to do to make things work. Right? Like, yeah, it's funny that you say that because today, actually, I got together for, I think I was gone for... Less than two hours, right? This is the tea. Went to do some some pampering with my sister in law. She's a new mom, also uh, second time mom, but you know, uh, newborn baby at home. Um, so the the gentlemen were at home with the babes, not separate houses, but they were no, you know they were in charge. Date, right? No, no, right. no, no, not a play date. And uh, we're on our way over here, and Ed goes, "She's really a lot." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, well, and it's like, it's not that she's hard to handle no, or anything no, no. like that, but it's like, you know, constant around the clock. Like, there's energy. And it, that energy yeah. from kids, it goes somewhere. And they don't care if you have the same energy or not. They it's know like, the difference. Nope. Let's go. Yeah. 6 a.m. Yeah. So let's get to it. <laughs> I have one. I have one late sleeper and one early riser. Um, one is kind of a night owl. The other one says she is, but she falls apart. Yeah. Uh, she's very much me when it comes to that stuff. So same vibe. There's tons and tons and tons of time that I, I find myself like I'm up first because I'm an early riser. So here's the early one. 
And then I have a schedule and a meeting and something to get done. And Sarah's at work. And I'm like, I got to go in there and kick this kid out of bed. And so yeah. It's just like, get up, get going. And at this point, I'm I, I'm not frustrated, but I'm like, I'm in uh, expedite mode, mm-hmm. which isn't always the best. When Sarah wakes up the girls, there's an event. Mm-hmm. There's some caring. There's discussions of hair. Yes. I'm just like ponytail and let's go because that's the only <laughs> skills I got. It's get like, up and get going. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're done. Make it happen. Let's go. Yeah. So we were talking about that vibe, and and the thing that happened was uh, uh, Finley, uh, my oldest, I don't let them, she's 10, so I don't let her watch YouTube or anything on Superbuzz. And part of the reason why is because they have the YouTube Kids app, and that's good, and it does a pretty good job. But part of the reason why is because sometimes I've had some stuff show up in the YouTube Kids app where I was like, oh, a little questionable. Yeah. Um, And then on any sort of other stuff, I just am very cautious about it. Well, her and her little friends have a little chat group. One of the kids sent her just, it was in one text, and it was just a text of a YouTube short. Okay, innocent enough. It was funny. It was kid appropriate. Mm-hmm. But it was actually from the the browser side of YouTube, not the app. So now my 10-year-old figures out, oh, I can keep watching YouTube yeah. without parental, because it bypasses my parental blocking, because mm-hmm. I was letting her have search for, anyway. So I found her watching YouTube shorts, enjoying them. But then showing them to her little sister, who's seven. Yeah. Who then had a nightmare that night. So now it's back into parental mode of doing that stuff. Yeah. And it got me thinking a conversation you guys haven't quite experienced yet. But then it got me thinking even deeper. One of the things that I think is really fascinating as we look at technology and we look at growth is we got to look at this idea of the algorithm. Now, we all heard it and we know it. And we joked about it a couple weeks ago about mm-hmm. my algorithm on TikTok. Not TikTok. Sorry, I don't have it. On Instagram, how I looked at one. One photo. And that was it. And the yep. other day, we were laughing about it. I mean, cause, so somebody else heard the podcast and were like, is it really that bad? I was like, bro, look. And then they're like, let me check mine. Oh, yeah, mine's really bad. And his was nothing but women and mountain bikes. Yep. Right? It's one of those things. So why is the algorithm doing it? So I, I just wanted to, to maybe have a conversation about that from your perspective. Because do you feel like and this is complete ignorance and humility. So understand, but do you feel like from a female perspective, do you feel like the algorithm is, is targeting you the same way that maybe it targets Ed? No. Okay. No. Cause I think that we look at way different content. And right. so the content that we're looking at is what the algorithm is going to feed us. Yeah. So like I look at, um, like, mom content um a lot of infertility content comes up because we shared a lot about that um right after evelyn was born or right after we announced our pregnancy actually um and i you know those kinds of things and um like uh self-care self-motivation kind of stuff that's the stuff that i look at He's not looking at I, that. His is like, I can only imagine his is like, he's got a wheel in his office and he just spins and is like, what topic today? And it's just like some random crackhead Probab- moment. Probably. No, I think his is like a lot of um, music and yeah. like motivational speaking kind of stuff just because he listens to a lot of that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, completely different. So have you ever found yourself going down the rabbit hole to like look for the... Not on purpose, but you clicked something, you got clickbaited, but you, you watched something and it was negative and then your feed got like started getting filled. Like, do you have that? Do you, do you notice that on your side of it? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So like Instagram, for example, if you want to go and search like for someone or like a topic or something like that, you hit the little search 
yeah, yeah. magnifying glass, right? And but under it, it's like I don't know if they call it the discovery page or what, but it's like <laughs> yeah. all of the pictures and stuff like that of stuff that you've probably looked at before. And I don't know how many times I've clicked on that search thing, like, oh, I'm going to go look this up. And I go to do that and I click on that little search thing. And instead, I'm scrolling through all of the things that are on that like discovery page. Right. And then I'm like, wait, why did I come here? Right. And then I completely forget. So then I go back to scrolling. And then I'm like, ooh, who's this? Ooh, who's that? And it's like a bunch of pregnancy announcements and like uh, infertility stuff or, you know, all this kind of stuff or families that I have followed and stuff. And then I'm like, wait, how did I end up here? Like 20 minutes goes by. And I'm like, how did I end up here? Right. Or I'll click on one and be like, oh, that's interesting. And I'll just keep scrolling on that. And it's like it ends up in left field. Yeah, And I'm like wait, what was I doing again? Yeah. You know, I get lost in it and it's like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing. So that, that's like the same thing with me. Like we call it the rabbit hole. Like, yeah. and I've gone down some crazy ones. Like my, uh, I don't do a lot of uh, social. I do some, so I'm not saying one way or other, but the majority of, so, or the majority of content I consume, I watch a lot of YouTube stuff and I have gone down some rabbit holes. I'm talking about like, uh, aliens in the middle of the earth stuff where I started looking up barbecue recipes or something random. And it's like, I found connections to drive me. I just think it's interesting because what I've noticed, at least with my kids, uh, with myself and, and just in general is that whatever the, I call it the meta, not Facebook meta, but the meta of the <laughs> moment, it's interesting they use that, but the meta of the moment, this, this, this situation I'm in, whatever the meta of the moment is that I'm into I start getting, because I'm clicking and looking Mm -hmm. more and I start getting that feed. And then the downside is every once in a while I find myself, I go down a, maybe a darker path because I was, it was something tragic or, you know, like the submarine when I was looking at that. Next thing you know, uh, these people lost their lives. And next thing you know, I I just suddenly had lots of content that was all these tragedy stories. And I was like, man, I didn't even, I just didn't know what was happening because I don't watch the news. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, I feel like it's a volatile thing. I, the thing that I think is really interesting is sometimes that quote algorithm is literal, like mm-hmm. what we're talking about. And then I think there's a figurative version that I think is, is the reason I wanted to ask you about because I think with your background and on the kid side of things, is it possible that sometimes we create that own algorithm for ourselves, like confirmation bias where we start looking for good or bad and then we get stuck. I mean, is that something that's real? And I mean, did y'all talk, learn about that or is that anything you've dealt with? No, uh, not necessarily anything that I uh, learned about, but it it's interesting you say that. Um, there is like a, a documentary type show on, I think it's Netflix called yeah. The Social Dilemma. Have you ever watched oh, it? Heck yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying, but it's so true. Right. Like when you watch it, it's like, you know, it talks to like the real people, but then it plays out, you know, with actors and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And when it's playing out with the actors, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, you're so invested in it. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, it's a lean stop. in. It's 100%. I call it a lean in. Like I start leaning in to watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ed and I have watched it twice now because yeah. it's just, it's that. I don't even know the right word for it. Right. But um, I think, you know. A lot of times, too, we look for our own confirmation in the things that are around us. Yeah, yeah. 
whether that's on, you know, social media or with our friend groups or, um, you know, our social circle or whatever, um, we're looking for confirmation in what we're doing in our lives, uh, looking for confirmation of our feelings, um, you know, all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, a lot of times, which isn't always a bad thing, but it can turn into almost like a toxicity. You know, if you're, if you're just seeking confirmation that, you know, oh, my life's so horrible. No, it's not. Look at all these friends you have around you. You know, you're looking for that confirmation all the time. It's like, what are, what are you living for? Right. You know, you're not seeing the, the positive around you. You're looking at other people for it. Yeah. Instead of looking within yourself. Um, that's one of the ones that I've had to back off before uh, from some of the social media for myself because uh, specifically back when Facebook was bigger and more central in my life, one of the challenges I ran into with Facebook is I would see other filmmakers. My jealousy pattern is other artists. Oh, social media is notorious for yeah. if you want to be jealous about something, go to social media. And mine's not about other families. Mine's not, But mine is when I see other uh, creative individuals Within my within my realm of work, mm-hmm. uh, doing something, uh, it could be mundane. But if I'm not doing something, right, like we're having like a, I'm having a week of nothing but boring meetings, yeah, and somebody's out there shooting something, I'm just I'm I'm like I find myself getting jealous. And it was worse when I was on the movie side. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, man, that person has no right to make the movie. What am I saying? Right. And then it just eats away at me. So I I've started to shift away, and I, I pay attention to it. I. The thing that I get cautious about now is with kids, like like what they're going to experience. Like social media rapidly shifted for us. Mm-hmm. Like even the ten year gap from because uh, you guys weren't able to get Facebook. I was just past Facebook's initial launch, right? Uh, Age wise, but then all of a sudden now you like, the kids are growing up with ten, fifteen other types of social apps, yeah. Snapchat and everything else, and some of it is fun and playful and it's good, but it also, some of those things have ways to kind of um, cut around the parental sort of supervision vibe. And kids are smart. Heck yeah, they're smart. Kids are smartish. Yeah. Oh, fudge. it gets worse. Just wait. Just oh, I know. wait. Oh, I know. But like kids learn coding and all that kind of stuff in school now. I don't even know what coding is, but they learn yeah. that. Yeah. And so of course they can figure out how to get around stuff. And it's like, you know, we can we can guard as much as we know how, but they're smart, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> so freaking smart. 100%. <laughs> it's uh it's a one of those ones where like we like even in, in the film side of stuff, I've had kids that understand production. So in the old days, like pre-social media, when we had kids on set, there was a joke that you never wanted to work with kids and pets because mm-hmm. everyone says their dog can do the trick and it can't. Yeah. And everyone says they have great kids, but they couldn't. And even when you had actor kids, they weren't as good. You normally like, unless you pay top dollar for mm-hmm. have these kids come in from, you know, a bigger market. Now kids want to, they understand it. They understand the mechanics of what they're supposed to do on set. Cause they've seen all this, like whether it's YouTube shows or behind the scenes content or Instagram they understand so just that little bit has shifted but then they also come with little egos mm-hmm. that are brand new I'm like where did this come from how do you have an ego at 10 like you right. don't even know what you don't even know what the word ego means yet but right they it. think their shit don't stink that oh it's true it's, and it's like you know it, it's it's like you sit there and you're like where what <laughs> yeah excuse me yeah like what yeah <laughs> 
I uh, I find myself getting into these these conversations like with the girls. I get in conversations just to see, so I ask them different stuff, and they're so observant, and and they experience things that I've forgotten just because I'm older, obviously. But like Finley had a friend, she was at a sleepover. The girl accidentally they had their iPads out, whatever, doing whatever. She accidentally texted or sent a whatever a, a thumbs up emoji. Or, it was something very innocent. To another little group of girls. Mm-hmm. Well, those girls uh, make fun of this girl that accidentally did it. So that opened up a door for them. So then they started sending stuff like, I don't even know how they understood or heard this term, but better looking from behind. They started calling, yeah, this is a 10 year olds. And they started calling the other girl um, like fat, like just body oh, shaming. Atlanta. And they're going down and right. And so Finley's telling me this and I'm sitting there like, what? How is this happening? Yeah. Like, if it's in person, you can walk away. But now these kids like, and so it got me, it, it was, I was really upset. And so I called the the kid who I know her mom. I said, Hey, do you know what's going on? She was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're doing everything we can, but what do we like? How do I stop it? Right. And it's like, man, I didn't even, I haven't gotten to that point yet. I know that that's a reality, but mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to that point. I think it's interesting. We have play yard. We, like kids need to set their own boundaries to some extent. I assume that's a fair statement. Yeah. Okay. And I think playground rules is the old terminology we use. Like you go out there and learn it. Do you think though that when you kind of look at it from your background and you look at sort of where kids are going now, do you think that it's kind of a weird scenario where playground rules don't seem to exist as much anymore because you can get me anytime now? Yeah, I mean, I think playground rules can still exist to an extent, yeah. but um, like playground rules when we were growing up, you had to like call someone's landline phone at their home right. and likely speak to their mom or dad and say, you know, hi, this is, you know, Taylor calling. Is Drew available to come to the phone? Right. You know, and mom or dad would say, yes or no or you know i'm sorry he's busy he's He's not available this evening or something yeah yeah, Yeah. and you know okay well can you let him know that i called sure no problem and that's the end of it but now they're like if there's kids that hear this they're gonna be like what's a landline phone yeah right. you know like they hardly exist right for sure and so because of cell phones and social media and uh all the different apps that are out there and available and everything like that you almost can't escape like everyone is so available because of technology which is cool but also like terrible too yeah so it's like where is that where's that balance or like because you can't turn it off like you can't turn off instagram you can't turn off tiktok you can't turn off like you can silence your notifications but like a kid's not going to silence their notifications they want to know what that stuff is right and well with the curiosity bubbles even bigger for them it's like ooh, i there's all these things now that i so i we started practicing this uh the timeout Mm-hmm. scenario of like hey well, screens off like no time out no tv you just just to practice it i noticed when finley gosh finley must have been four or five and i was like you know a responsible parent like i can let her watch youtube kids the app and I, and I did the attitude change what i thought was really scary and they talk a little bit in social network maybe they hint at it i found an, an article I, I did a bunch of reading on it so finley essentially is swiping all the different videos and getting a dopamine hit Mm -hmm. every single time that happens. Again, back to me with dopamine. I'm obsessed apparently. 
but she's getting these dopamine hits. I talked about last episode too. Um, and when we would take it away, cause it was time up, it was full blown. And my kids are very mellow, but it was a tantrum, mm-hmm. right? Because we just took away. Well, the study that I read, if I can find it, I'll try and cite it, but it talked about how it's actually rewiring kids to get used to like the dopamine hit as mm-hmm. adults. It, it's temporary for us. Like we get the hit and you can wire yourself to think that way yeah but we can go back and retroactively change it but with kids if we do it too much it it causes not brain damage in the sense of capacity but it rewires neural pathways you can't fix that that's no craziness no and it's like you can set limits yeah you know within your own home uh which i I personally think is great. I also haven't been in a position where I've had to do that yet. So right. I don't know the reality mm-hmm. of it. Um, but I've seen and I've worked with families where that has become a problem, yeah. you know, or taking like video games away too. Oh, yeah. And it's like finding that balance too, though, because, you know, some families that I worked with, um, their child's way of of coping with something, their little escape from reality was watching a YouTube video or playing a video game. So it's like at what, you know, if that's, if that's a healthy way for them to deal with their emotions instead of tearing the house apart or fighting their sibling or whatever, you don't want to take that away, but you also don't want to create a monster. Yeah. Not create a monster, but you know, create an issue that doesn't need to be created. So it's like, as parents, like how do we figure out what that, balance is because it's new to us too you know we didn't have that kind of stuff when that, we were younger that's it and that's the thing that, that i think about this all the time like we have excel we have literally accelerated to these next tiers it's gonna keep accelerating i know like from the the jump from our grandparents to our parents is a big jump but from our parents to us was a extremely big jump i mean you have a huge gap but from us to our kids is a massive jump because yeah. it's all it's exponentially going and so it, it gets wild to me like my brain has a tough time comprehending like at some point in 10 years if we're this far along now like with the amount of technology and the ability to communicate and all this what happens in 10 years like elon has talked about that whatever the plant the chip that you implant i mean at that point it's scary it's to crazy think about. like it it terrifies me right. because it's like technology is great in in certain ways it helps us learn yeah, i think um 100%. adults children you know the same it also like us for example we have a lot of family still out of state you know evelyn has a whole set of of grandparents and aunts and uncles and everything like that that live out of state technology is fantastic for us to stay connected yeah with them you know when we're not able to be up there or they're not able to be down here right so it's fantastic for that you know and how much technology has has come along with that um But like I sit and think, you know, when I went to college, having a laptop was like a big deal. Like if you could afford a laptop and not a desktop computer, you were like rich and you had it made like and that was a big deal. And so when when she goes to college, if she chooses to go to college, like what's it going to be like? What will she take with her? You know, like what what quote unquote school supplies will she want yeah like because i feel like more and more like pen and paper is going out the window a lot i prefer pen and paper just because that's me that's how i 
like to do well, like things. Cur- cursive. Yeah. Know, like they still teach it at my kid's school, but it's like, come on. Like when's the last time? Like legitimately my signature is the most cursive thing I've done in years. Yep. Same. Right. Yep. And it shifts away on that side of it. So it's like to your point, like uh, what is past that paper side. And then we're into like the, 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 uh, LED paper, all, all this tech. Yeah. The thing that's interesting to me, did you know right now, I only know this, uh, you're way younger than I am. I did not know this, so this may be of no shock to you. Obviously, I have records here. But did you know, like, college-age kids, you know what they're into right now? Vinyl records. Cassettes. Cassettes? They are back Stop. to cassettes. I swear to you, I had a, a young, uh, he's 22, just graduated, he was working on one of my commercials in, in uh, um, at Southern Miss. Does uh, that University. mean Walkmans are going to make a comeback? They're vintage and they buy them and they want them. Yes, it's a legitimate. Shut your mouth. I swear to you. <laughs> it is the craziest. It is the craziest thing. So he walks over and he's like, oh, check this out. And we're like, is, are you really buying a cassette? Like, you know that like CDs and even with a record, if you don't want to listen to a song, you can pick up the needle. With that cassette, you got to fast. And he, we're trying to like, we're kind of like... Uh, um, age explaining whatever yeah. that is to this kid and he's like no no i have a walkman and he pulls it out and shows it i was like the yellow walkman oh my gosh straight up legit thing. okay but they have not truly lived in the cassette era until they know that their favorite song is playing on the radio oh right and you have to press record on the cassette player of the radio at the same time right so that you can play it back whenever you want. And that's what we started talking about. I was like, you, you, you do know how all that works. And we, and he was like, yeah, man, look, he's like, I have VHS tapes. And I was like, Oh, it's not even a good picture. You can't make an argument yeah. for it. I was like, why, why are you, this is what I thought was really interesting is, I mean, he had vinyl too, but tapes was the new thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why are you? And he said, there's a whole group. And so I yeah. go to a record store in Hattiesburg. It's, be- it's a cool place. Like if y'all are there, the zoo, by the way, in Hattiesburg, Super family friendly, super cheap, and it's amazingly good. Mm, like I smell a field trip. Oh yeah, I've been begging him like we can go. It is so good. But there's a place there called T Bones, and it's a coffee shop. It's a record store, um, and, and a sandwich place. It's really good. They have a whole wall of cassettes, and it's new stuff. It's new tapes. So I ask. Him, oh, it's so like, like new artists. New artists have cassettes. Oh, like they have vinyl. This is the new. This is the new release pattern. Is cassettes. Oh my gosh! Right, it's a college town. This is where it is. Yeah. So I asked him why, and he said because it's so far away from digital, without being a record. Records aren't portable. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. I can appreciate that though. It's a rejection of it. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Very much. Isn't that crazy though? It's like yeah. a rejection of the idea that we're sitting here talking about that we know they're this this group this generation is rejecting it a little bit because they. I've had other people say they want to take back theirs. They yeah. want to take back what's theirs. I'm like, man, that is like not what I expected to hear. Yeah. Totally vi- vibes different than anything else. Wow. Isn't that wild? That is wild. I I'm th- trying to think what my very first cassette was. I know my very first CD. <laughs> was it from Columbia House? Possibly. <laughs> Do you remember um, that? Where you would pay a nickel or a penny and they would send, or 99 cents and they'd send you like 10 albums? It- Oh, really? You may not. You may be too I, young for that. Oh, I might be. Out. Go ahead. All right. First CD. I think my very first CD, like yeah. compact disc, was the Chicago Bulls Greatest Hits soundtrack. 
I kid you not. I kid you not. Why do you have that? Because, so I grew up in central Illinois, so we were Chicago Bulls fans, like when Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, like all of them were playing. And uh, like in the 90s, they were huge because they were back-to-back champions, like back-to-back and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm fairly certain my very first CD was the Chicago Bulls Greatest Hits. Is it basically jock jams just with the Bulls rapper? Kind of, but it was like their intro song to like, oh, yeah, right. you know, that one. Yeah. And uh, We Are the Champions was on there. Oh, my God. Um, I can't remember all the other ones, but like my first band CD. Yeah. What do you think it was? First band CD from the Midwest. Location doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it. For I, I think there might be. I might be able to find <laughs> correlation, causation, correlation. Um. I'm going to go with No Doubt. No? Dang. Backstreet Boys. Oh, I knew I should have gone. Yep. Backstreet Boys. And my sister was in sync. So we had both of them. So it was like, are you going to play in sync today or am I going to play Backstreet Boys? And we would play them from our room and just blast it. And just like rivalry style. No, not at the same time. Okay. But it was like, whose turn is it to play? Which one had Justin Timberlake? In sync. I like Justin Timberlake. Okay. So I, I, so you guys were pre, pre, like 12, 13 ish, 10, somewhere there. When? I'm not trying to age you. I'm trying to figure out because I remember when that stuff came out and I refused to listen to any of that stuff and it was nothing but metal and punk <laughs> for me. So I and was, was a, a little bit, rebellion. I was a little bit younger okay. when, when the boy band phase yeah. kind of so came about. I was all, it was all metal and punk all the time. Yeah. And ska. So actually my very first concert. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, it was so great. Oh no. <laughs> it was <laughs> August, 1998. Yes. In sync at the Rosemont in oh Chicago. My God. That's actually a pretty good venue for that show. It was fantastic. And our seats were terrible, but we didn't care. We were at in sync. It was uh, my sister and I with my parents, and we walked from our hotel like to the venue or whatever. And you know, we had the like I heart Lance, I heart JC like written on our cheeks and our hands and everything like that. And we had the time of our lives. And this, <laughs> my sister's gonna kill me for telling this, but one of this is like one of my favorite stories to tell from my childhood. So during one of their songs, I can't remember which one it was. But, you know, they're looking out in the crowd and they're waving at people and everything. And mind you, our seats are like there's one row behind us and that's it. Right. Like we're that far. Oh, yeah, you're way up in the nosebleeds. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't care because sync was right, <laughs> right there. Right. So my sister is like, Justin, I love you. And she waves. And kid you not, he looks up about the same time and is like, and she's like, oh, my God, Justin Timberlake waved at me. You know, so, of course, we that's all that we talked about. Yeah, like, oh, my God, Justin heard you from all the way up here. Like this, that and the other. And then after the concert was over, we figured out that they were staying at the hotel next to ours. Oh, so, of course, my goodness. we are camped out in the parking lot with everyone else right. next to their tour buses. Like, because, of course, they're going to walk across with a huge gonna, crowd. A huge crowd. Going to let everybody see them. Yeah. Yeah. They were probably in another city at that point. Probably so. I mean, all the blinds were closed on the buses and everything like that. But we're like, okay, let's stay five more minutes because maybe if everyone else clears out, like maybe we'll get to see them. You know, we we didn't. No in sync. No. That's so. That's your first concert. Yeah. 
That's pretty impressive. That's a good... It was good times. That's the advantage of living in the Midwest, which is my correlation. <laughs> they didn't play down here. Not that I would have seen them. I would have seen the Scott. They probably would have come as far south as like Atlanta. Yeah. Or Miami. Maybe. I went on a I went on a first date to Atlanta to go see Oh man, I can I can hear the band in my head. They weren't they're not my favorite. The Rapture is what the band was called. Okay. Yeah, they're some random. <laughs> first date, go up there. I have to be at work the next day. Atlanta's five hours away, folks. I drove up. Yep, true story. I really want to go on this date. I drove up, <laughs> saw the rapture, hung out, didn't drink, obviously, because I was being very, very uh, coffee, hung out, then drove home. So that's back in the day. Like the show started so late. It started at, it started at uh, like 9.30 or 10. Yeah. And so it's a two hour, three hour show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm home. I get home at six. I take a shower and go to work. Uh, so how'd the, the date turn out? We dated out? for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah. We dated for a couple of years. Uh, right before my, my current wife. What I, so it was off and on. Yeah. One of those dynamics. Um, the catch was she was younger than me. So I was trying to flex like I'm still cool and hip. Not like crazy younger, but like right. young enough for me to still be conscious of my own age at that point, which I never yeah. did. And so it was one of those things like, I'm cool. I can hang. Can't hang. I can't hang. Yeah. Never did that again. I, <laughs> I think that, I think, I, like, I can't wait. I really, if I would have had expendable income, I would have taken Finley to go see T-Swift. Oh, yeah. I had a friend who took his daughter. That mm-hmm. was like his daddy-daughter thing. Yeah. And like, he saved up a bunch for it. And that's rad. Like, I would like yeah. to do that. But I don't know. I, I think about what my kid's first concert's going to be, you know? Yeah. And I have to be conscious of it. Right. Like, well, then you have to be conscious of the music too, like oh, the language now. and oh, the yeah. songs and stuff. <laughs> you know, '90s boy bands they'd talk about like girlfriends, yeah. you know, yeah. or getting paid on Friday night or whatever. <laughs> right, right. And of course, there were indie, innuendos that we didn't understand yeah, as ten-year-olds. Right. But now, like, no, no, you go listen to that. It's not, I forget who it is, but the freaky song. Oh yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. I can't believe that's played on the radio. I remember when, so back in the day, remember the parental advisory stickers? Yes. Of course, that was the greatest marketing tool of all time because we all bought more albums because they had a oh, yeah. parental advisory sticker than didn't. Sam Sam Goody? Is that, that was a... We didn't have Sam Goody's here, but I know Sam Goody's, yeah. Okay, yep. yeah. Going there and seeing like the little sticker on there, it's like, oh, I'm not supposed to look at this, yep. but mom and dad aren't here because yep. I'm at the mall. That's exactly <laughs> it. And it was like, that's what we got into NWA. <laughs> we were listening to Two Live Crew and we listened listen, hi Pearl. We listened to all kinds of all kinds of craziness because it had that little sticker. It made it ten times crazier. Yeah, they're in there. They're in there. They're yeah. in there. You might be on the phone with your mom still. Oh, they might be on the phone with Mimi, but you guys can still go in there. You can go in there. Yeah. But it was it was always like it was always this whole situation of like, oh man, that's edgy and crazy, and it and it made things uh, it made the music. But even it, some of the stuff that, it, not nostalgia moment here, some of the stuff that came out in that time frame was edgy and it was Oh, rough. yeah. We play it on the radio now. Yeah. Like that, I think it's, is it Nicki Minaj that does that song? Whoever it is. I, I didn't listen to it. And then another song came on that was, uh, oh man, I can't remember the name. It doesn't matter. Unholy, I think is the name of the song. Mm-hmm. Great song. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Just not for kids. Right. 
And I, and so now I'm like, man, and but my kids want to listen to they're at that age. They want to listen right. to growing up music now. They want to listen to what's on the radio. Yeah, they don't want to listen yeah. to daddy's uh I listen to a lot of jazz. They don't want to listen to daddy's jazz and other stuff. Pearl will, but Finley definitely not. She's yeah. much more on that side of it. Did you like so when you when you all right, so that's interesting to me. So you can remember those those I my, my first tape because that's where I'm at. My first tape was Extreme, Three Sides to Every Story, which was the More Than Words band. More Than Words. I can't even oh, see Oh, uh, okay. Terrible. Yeah. Like, mm-mm. I think one of my, I think my first cassette was either a country artist or like a gospel uh, cassette that I got like at oh, a church a concert or something that. like that. Yeah. We had a Christian music store called Amplified Version. Uh, DC Talk or. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there was a there was a hip hop group. I can I can see their faces. I can't remember. You know, yeah, I I same thing. But then there was an interesting thing that happened, where in music back then, uh, there was all this Christian stuff, and most of it was kind of cheesy. Yeah, I mean, not knocking it. it. Just it was hard to relate to it because it was so alienated from the rest of the world. And then this guy in uh in NorCal or somewhere, he came out with his label called Tooth and Nail, and for me. It was crazy because it was punk rock. I mean, it was. Oh, and it yeah. Was legit. MXPX is one of the bands that was on Tooth Nail. It was legit stuff. Mm-hmm. And it gave me that. But what I look at now is like, it, it kind of a shame. I wish somebody else would come out with something like modern of yeah. the same vibe for kids. It didn't have to be Christian. Just in general, not just censored because my kids know that those are cuss words now. Well, and two, kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for like kids are so stinking smart and they can pick up on like adult content you know sexual innuendos that are in songs and you know twerking and all that kind of stuff when you because that's what songs are about they're about sex drugs well not violence but you know, some of them are. Some of them can be, yeah. yeah. Not on the radio, but though. they pick up on that kind of stuff. They may not know exactly what it means, but they know that it's like mature right. information, mature content, and right. so it's like, you know, another. It goes back to how we can't censor them from everything in the world because if we did, we'd have to keep them in a in a room and with we're nothing. Changing them, yeah. Like, what are they going to do when they have to go experience life on their own? Right. Like, if we've shortchanged them in this box, like, held them tight so long, that never ends well. Right. Like, you suddenly let them go. And that's when I had a friend, uh, <laughs> if he hears this, yeah, um, his mom, lovely lady, but she held him really tight. Mm-hmm. And when that guy went off to college, boy, did he go off to college. Yep. And, like, he really just didn't eyelash or something he really just like had a real good time did your man bun fall out my man bun wasn't <laughs> my man bun of an eyelash fell out and i think it was a gray one it might have been gray hair but whatever it was it was it was right in my man bun eye line i wish you could have seen it i wish you could have seen that one live well i heard you guys yeah. giggling and laughing and then when you were finished and you came out in the living room you were still laughing about it like crying laughing to where i'm like okay what what was so what's so funny and then you guys couldn't get a word out so i'm i'm like crickets you know the bummer in that episode is the camera was on me and i started laughing so hard when it happened and i was telling a very intimate deep story about oh, yeah. a, a friend that i lost and then it happened that i was Fifty percent of me was in shock. Yeah, and the other fifty percent of me is like, "Oh, I'm never gonna let this go. <laughs> I'm gonna Rick roll this dude for the rest of my life based on that. Like I have that forever, and now the, the internet the internet does too. Um, it's funny you brought that up about 
about like what they're hearing and stuff because that goes to the conversation we're having about algorithm because in some ways that is feeding into their human algorithm right yeah we're giving them that experience and you don't want to shortchange it but now i i have to be thoughtful of the information I give them. like Right. Well, because it's like, you know, like we're saying, you don't want to shelter them from everything because you can't shelter the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you want them to to see and experience the good, the bad, the ugly. But to what extent can do we put our control over that? Yeah. You know, that's like the got to find that happy medium kind of thing. And what's appropriate for one family may not be appropriate for another family. That's right. Or, you know, like your kids are older than Evelyn. So the things that they will see now and what they have access to now will be different than what Evelyn has when yeah. she's their age. And it's just that gap. It's only right. four years, right? Or five years, six years. Yeah. But that six years is huge in kid terms. Massive. Yeah. Well, especially now too, with all the advancements in technology and everything, it's yeah. like, Okay, so this is where we are right now. Where are we going to be a year from now? Yeah. Two years from now? Five years from now? And it's like, it does not compute. Yeah. Like, I can't wrap my brain around it because it's like, we already have so much. Like, what else could there possibly be? And then the world is like, gotcha. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, let me show you. Yeah, for real. I think it's, uh, to your point, I think it's, one of the things that we try and do a lot of now is encourage the girls to um, try and we try and tee them up very well with like f- not just a quiet time, but like uh, focusing on that one percent. Me and Ed always talk about being one percent more friendly. Mm-hmm. I've worked really hard on on getting them to understand that, and so uh, giving them a chance. Where were we? Oh, we went to. <laughs> okay, so the kids made a list. Pearl loves mac and cheese. So she Same. wanted the ultimate, right. She wanted the <laughs> ultimate mac and cheese. Well, I happen to see somewhere that KFC has one, those bowls that they make, but it's mac and cheese. Stop. Instead of the mashed potatoes? Yes. Are with, we going to KFC after it this? It's ridiculous. It's mac and cheese with chicken and then cheese on top. Like it is just over the top. You're going to need a lot of fiber when you're done. She wanted that. So we go to KFC. Well, they gave us the potato bowl. And I, and oh I yeah, like, we drove all the way to get that. Like yeah, Finley's eating her chicken fingers or whatever. So I go back and I was like, "Hey, ma'am, I, I apologize, but you guys gave us the wrong one. We wanted the mac and cheese." And she goes, oh, "Okay," and I try and hand it back. She goes, "No, keep it." I was like, "Keep it." There's nothing I can do with it. Mm-hmm. And then Pearl goes, "Hey, maybe we can find somebody to give it to." I was like, "All right, oh, gosh," because she started to learn that. Mm-hmm. Well, then we go over and right around the corner. She said, I think I saw somebody that might want it. And it was somebody holding a sign. Mm-hmm. I was like, they may want it, but let's just see. And we were in Tillman's Corner, which is kind of a, an odd area. There's a lot of challenges out there of different stuff. Sure enough, right around the corner, there was a camp. Mm-hmm. And there was a gentleman standing right there. And I said, girls, you stay in the car, but we're going to give it to him and I'll, I'll make sure he knows. And so my kids got to see, that was free food. I could have done it. I could have just thrown it away. Right. But taking that five seconds, that guy said, hey, I'm, they ended up giving me two. And so I... I approached it not as like a pat on our back, but the girls got to see that that opportunity mm-hmm. can happen. That 1% friendlier moment. Right. That's straight analog. Yep. That's as analog as it gets. Yep. And I think that's where maybe like if we can get some of that into our algorithm our life algorithm yeah. or human algorithm, I think then we're going to see more and more like our kids are going to not only be okay. I'm going to go strong word. They're going to fucking thrive. For real though. Imagine too, you know, it's not every day that like a restaurant will mess up your food order and they can't take the food 
back and you have right. it to be able to to gift to someone, right. you know. Um, but imagine something as simple as smiling at another person. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a stranger. It could be me smiling at you. We're sitting right. in the same room, but you've had a crap day and right. I smile at you. Hey, how are you doing? Right. And that can completely turn your day around. That's that 1% holding a door open for someone. Yep. You know, how often do we go somewhere, a gas station, a restaurant, you know, anywhere, and we have to go through a door to get inside. Yep. You know, holding that door open for someone. Yep. They may have gotten fired from their job. They may just be having a real down day. And you hold that door open for them and you greet them with a smile. Yeah. Like, just imagine what could happen. Small little things like that. It doesn't have to cost money. And and the other thing is, too, you don't have to broadcast it everywhere. You do it out of the kindness of your heart. That's exactly right. And with with the, uh, uh, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but um, in a world where everyone wants to tape everything, record everything, and broadcast it for everyone to see, you don't have to do that to make someone's day. Yep. You don't have to do that to make a difference. Is it heartwarming to see those things when we do see them? Absolutely. But you know what means more? When you don't walk up to someone with a camera in their face and say, hey, how you doing? Right. Like, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, you know? for sure. But, you know, just that, that small little, little act. And we can all do it. We're all capable of smiling. Mm-hmm. You know? It takes, more, it takes more muscles in your face, I think, to frown than it does to smile. Yeah. It's more efficient to smile. Yeah. So just imagine that. And you may not feel like smiling, but if you force yourself to do it, I bet you feel that little burst of serotonin too. The opposite of dopamine. Right. Same. Yeah. I think that is, uh, with your permission, I think that is the perfect way for us to say goodbye. Agreed. With a 1% smile. So we're both going to, I'll smile, I'll, I'll smile and then you smile. Right, so right, right there. Yeah, right you, know, there. you smile to that one. Okay, I'll smile to this one, and I'll kill it. <laughs> <laughs>